Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. One of the things that I enjoy in life is winning. Winning is fun, right? Oh, come on. Winning is fun, right? Yeah, it sure is. It puts a smile on your face, and it puts a bounce in your step, and it certainly beats, at least in my opinion, the alternative. I used to play a lot of sports until my sons grew to the point where I could no longer defeat them. (laughs) Losing is not fun. It's not. And losing to your sons is brutal, and it's not very good for your self-esteem. So I just kind of stopped playing against them. As a matter of fact, I can remember the last game I played of basketball. It's against my oldest son, Cameron, when he was in eighth grade, and he loved basketball. It was and probably still is his favorite sport. And he enjoyed the game and thought he was the next whoever, and so we would often play in the driveway against each other. And he would drive into the lane But I was always frustrated with how he did that. And so I said, look, Cameron, here's the deal. You're too soft. When you come into the lane, you got to come in with speed and power. Great advice, right? I never thought he would actually do it until the next play when he came into the lane with all kinds of speed and all kinds of power. He lowered his shoulder right into my head. And of course, I'm wearing glasses at the time, so the glasses went flying, they cut my face, and I was in a lot of pain. But I didn't want him to know that. And so I looked at him and said, Cameron, that's how you do it. (laughs) And then I picked up the pieces of my glasses, walked into the house, and cried. (laughs) Because it hurt bad. So I no longer play basketball because losing is not fun. Winning! is fun. And my best guess is we think about winning all of the time. But here's a question I want us all to consider this morning. And that is, how often do we think about winning spiritually? When it comes to my friendship with God, and when it comes to my walk with Christ, how often do we think about winning spiritually? How often? I want to talk about that. And this is the final week of our White Napkin series. And let me just say this. I have thoroughly enjoyed walking through this with you. It's been so much fun talking about the vision of Valley Point Church and where God is taking us. I love Valley Point. I love you. And I'm just thrilled about our future. So this has been a lot of fun. And I want to encourage you to get that napkin ready, which is on your program Get a pen because we're going to map out a couple of other things today in relationship to our vision map as we wrap all of this up. So again, get that napkin, get a pen, and I want to start by reviewing where we've been. And so we're going to do a quick flyover of our vision map. If you're here for the very first time, I want to say welcome to Valley Point. It's great to see you, and I think you've chosen a great Sunday to be here because you're going to get a great picture of who we are and some of the things that happen here. Now, if you've been here at Valley Point for a long time, I think this is a great Sunday for you too. Because if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Mission Drift. 
and how that's a very dangerous thing for any organization when we begin to drift in our mission. And so when we have been in something for a long time, we've got to constantly go back and remind ourselves of what we're doing and why we do that and how we do that so we don't drift in our mission, which can be very dangerous. So if you've heard some of this before or if you've been around for a long time, still a great Sunday for you because we've got to remind ourselves of some very basic things. And so let's kind of walk through our map again. We started by asking what. What in the world are we doing here? And we have stated that our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. And this is more than a tagline. It is what we're seeking to live. Pointing people all the time to real relationships and real significance. So let's peel that apart a little bit. We want everybody to know who walks through the doors of this place that you can have a real relationship with God. That's possible. And it doesn't matter who we are or what has happened in life. We have a God who cares deeply for us and he sent his son. And when we trust in Jesus alone, we can enter into this forever friendship and know that he will never leave us and we can enjoy that forever. And so we want everybody who comes to Valley Point to know, you know what, you can have a real relationship with God, and that's a beautiful thing, and you should pursue that. But not only can you have a real relationship with God, but you can have a real relationship with other people. And so we seek to create environments here where relationships thrive, where you can get people around you who will love you and encourage you and hold you up during life's most darkest moments, as well as all of the successes that we experience. So real relationships. And then guess what? We have been given one life. That's all we have. And with that one life, we can do significant things with it that will have an impact for a long time. So we're all about pointing people to real relationships with God and with others, and then taking this life that we've been given and doing significant things with it. So that's what we're doing. Pointing people, real relationships and real significance. Now, how do we do that? How do we accomplish that? Well, here at Valley Point, we pour all of our attention and our creativity and our resources into just three areas. There's a lot of things we could do as a church. A lot of things. But we've chosen to really land on these three. And so this is how we accomplish the what. We worship, we connect, and we go. And you've heard those words, and you're going to hear them again today. They come back with the when, which I love how we're repeating some language here. We worship, we connect, and we go. Well, worship, this is where we grow a relationship with God, when we respond to him and to his greatness. Connect, this is where we grow relationships with others. And go, this is where we do significant things. So all the time at Valley Point, worship, connect, and go. And then when we're done with that, we rinse and do it all again. We worship, we connect, and we go. And this is constantly on our heart and in our minds, and it pervades everything that happens here. That's how we accomplish the what. Now, why do we do those things? Because again, we could do a lot of other stuff as a church. So why have we landed on those things? Well, it's because we value truth, people, generosity, and location. Truth. It means we are passionate about following Jesus and applying biblical truth so it makes a difference in how we live. And this is why every Sunday 
we take time to open up God's word and unpack a paragraph of scripture or a verse or two. And what does God say here? We've got to figure this out, right? Like these are the words of God and he's given it to us. And so we've got to understand truth because this drives everything around us. And what about people? Well, we deliberately create environments where relationships can thrive because everyone matters. I think a great thought is this. God's prized creation. A lot of creating by God. But when you think about what matters to him most, his prized creation, it's you. It's me. It's people. And people matter to God. And he's gone to great lengths to reach out and rescue what he loves the most. And if people matter to God, well, then they should matter to us as well. And so we deliberately create environments where these relationships can thrive because people matter. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've experienced. There's a seat for you and your friends and your family because we value people. We also value generosity, which means we intentionally use our time and our resources to meet needs in our community and around the world. There's a lot of generous things that happen at Valley Point Church. And then we value location, meaning we love where God has planted us. We're right here in this community and the communities that we have the opportunity to touch, and we love where God has planted us. We love our neighbors, and we seek to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play because the church doesn't just gather, right? We know this. The church doesn't just meet, We do this, and it's good and helpful and encouraging and fun, but the church leaves at some point. We, the people, get up and go, and where we live, work, and play, we want to be a joyous presence and surprise and delight people with the truth of this good news. So that's what we're doing, that's how we do it, and that's why. I want to talk to you today about when. And the question kind of sounds like this. When will we know we're winning? When will we know we're successful? When will we know that we're putting a smile on the face of God? I want to know that. Because I don't want to just do a bunch of stuff and wonder, like, does God like this? Is he happy with me? Is it accomplishing anything? Am I on mission? I want to know when I'm successful. And so we're going to dive into this question today, and I'm going to share some fun stuff with you. And I think it will be very practical because I want to give some action steps as well so that we all know, here's how we can know we're winning. Again, I think it's great for us to have that in our minds as we walk out of here. So we're going to talk about the when today. Here's our big idea. And that is when I personalize the when, which we'll get to in a moment, my growth potential is unlimited. That's just what happens, which is great. When I personalize the when, my growth potential is unlimited. Before we dive into the when, I want to spend some time in Scripture that kind of points to this. And so if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Mark chapter 8. In just a moment, I'm going to begin reading with verse 34. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. While you're finding that, Let me give you some context. 
Throughout the early chapters of Mark, Jesus has been very active. He's been teaching the crowds and healing people and serving people, and everybody's following Jesus. Jesus is a great guy. Go, Jesus, everybody was saying, because they really enjoyed what he was doing. But we reach a pivotal moment in the story of Jesus where he realizes It's time for me to call these followers up into a bigger commitment. I need to raise the bar a little bit for them. And so that brings us to Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, where Jesus gets very serious, actually, and throws out some strong language. And this is what we'll read. Out of respect for God and his word. Will you stand with me? Verse 34 says, Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said. Now I want to pause there because Jesus is now getting ready to address the crowd. So what we find next are the words of Jesus himself. He's about to throw out the commitment challenge. So let's pay attention to the words of Jesus. Here's what he says. If any of you wants to be my follower." Here's what needs to happen. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. So very fascinating words here. Verse 34. If any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Question, what does that mean? What does it mean? If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. What does that mean? And how do you do that? Because if these are the words of Jesus, and they are, then they're very important for us to consider, to contemplate, and to understand. And so that's what we're going to seek to do today. I want to give you three thinking points that fall right out of Mark chapter 8, which then will take us into the map. Does that sound okay? All right, you may be seated. Here's thinking point number one. Giving up your own way, which is part of what Jesus said there, means saying no to self and yes to God. So that's what it means in its basic form. Giving up your own way means saying no to self and saying yes to God. Here's a question just to get us all thinking about this. Do I find that happening in my life? And we can answer yes or no, but do I find that happening in my life? And here's another way we can kind of phrase that. Am I more consumed with chasing God or chasing me? Like what's driving my passion right now? Am I consumed with following me or with following Christ? Well, what we discover here, if we're going to truly follow, we've got to give up our own way, which means saying no to self and saying yes to God. Is this happening in my life? You keep thinking about that. Here's thinking point number two. Taking up your cross signifies a willingness to pay any price for Christ's sake. Any price. 
It means I'm willing to suffer rejection and persecution, perhaps, ridicule, embarrassment, or even loss for the sake of Christ. And I'm willing to do this. To the people of Jesus' day, the cross was a very vivid and concrete reality. So when they heard Jesus say, you know what, you're going to have to take up your cross, that would have been shocking for them and would have caused them to step back and say, wow, this is, this is really important here. Because the cross was a vivid and concrete reality. It was an instrument of execution reserved for Rome's worst enemies. It was a symbol of torture and of death. It was awful, awful. We normally lift up the cross as a beautiful thing. And what happens as a result of the cross is beautiful. But to the people who would have heard Jesus say, you got to take up your cross. The first thing that would have come to mind is, well, that means torture and death. And anybody who would have taken up their cross meant that person is marching to their death. This is a very scary thing. It really is. Think of it this way. To come to Jesus is more than just, yeah, I'll trust Jesus. Why not? What else am I going to do with my life? Might as well. See, it's so much more than that. To come to Jesus is to come to the end of self and to become so desirous of Christ that I am willing to sacrifice and perhaps even sacrifice greatly for what he wants. That's what it means to take up your cross. It's going to cost something. It's not necessarily going to be easy. And so as Jesus talks to the crowd and kind of raises the bar a little bit, he says, you know what, you got to say no to self. You have to be more consumed with me than with you. And by the way, you're going to have to pick up this instrument of sacrifice. Something will be required of you, and it might cost quite a bit. There's one more thinking point. Follow me means follow after me, which is kind of unique. It's not follow beside me or get out in front in hopes that I'll catch up with you. Follow me actually means follow after me. And again, this would have been language that this crowd would have understood because they knew the concept of a teacher or a rabbi, and if you had a teacher that you followed or a rabbi that you were close to, you would often follow behind them, listening to them. That's what you would do. And the dust of the rabbi and from his sandals as he walked along dusty roads would be kicked up. And as a follower, you wanted that dust to fall on you. That was the dust of the rabbi. And that meant you were close enough to him where you could hear and observe and then obey. You weren't too far behind where you missed all of that. You were right there, and the dust was falling on you. That was a good thing. And so when Jesus said, I want you to follow me, they got, oh, follow after him, but close enough so that his dust is falling on you. All right, Jesus raising the bar. Say no to yourself. You're going to have to take up this instrument of sacrifice, and it might even cost you quite a bit. And now you have to follow behind me, not next to me. Don't get out in front of me either, but follow behind me. But be close enough to where the dust of my feet falls on you. Those are the thinking points that fall out of Mark chapter 8. Now, 
I think sometimes we consider all of that and say, it sounds like too much. You know, I want to trust in Jesus and I want that assurance of having a home in heaven. But denying self and picking up an instrument of sacrifice and following after Jesus, but close enough. You know, I don't know, that sounds kind of tough. And if you're like me, often we give up on this kind of following. But here's the good news. Jesus sees all of us in the spiritual raw. He really does, which means this. He sees me with all of my failings and shortcomings and all of my sins, which are many. And he sees you the same way with your shortcomings and your failings and your sins. He sees us in the spiritual raw. But get this. He sees us that way, but yet he still calls us to be a candidate to follow him. And so he says, deny yourself, follow me. Deny yourself, follow me. Deny yourself and follow me. It's amazing, isn't it? This is a great thing that we have been called up into, that in spite of who we are and what we've done and the things that have happened to us in life, good things and bad things, Jesus sees all of that and he still calls us to say, you know what, you can accomplish something for me, so follow after me. Now, all of that is very encouraging, even though we might not always get what it really means to follow after Jesus and the great sacrifice. Jesus still calls us into that. That's all great news. Here's my question. When do you know you're succeeding at that? So you're not just running around doing a bunch of stuff. How do you actually know you're winning and putting a smile on the face of God and living out what we find here in Mark chapter 8? When? When? Well, that takes us back to our map. So get your napkin ready and get your pen. I want to ask you to draw a couple of different things as we think about when are we successful? When are we winning? Again, I want to know how to win when it comes to following Jesus. And I think you want to know when, and this is some of our newest language in our vision map that kind of defines this for us. So I would encourage you to draw your cloud whatever you want to do there, have fun, but really mark this down because I want us to walk out of here sensing, okay, here's what I can do. And it helps me to win and it helps me put a smile on the face of God. And by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. There's a lot of different things we can add to it, but this fits into our vision map and it's what I believe that God has called us to do. So let me share the when with you. Here we go. Here's how we know we're winning. Number one, it's when worship is a lifestyle, which means this, I will. Now, I want to pause for a second because we have had statements that describe how we will as a church. So corporately, here's what we are doing. When it comes to the when... I want to personalize this, and it's what I will do individually. That certainly affects the body. But here's what I will be doing. And again, this helps me know I'm succeeding and living out Mark chapter 8, where I'm denying self, taking up my cross, and following Jesus. So it's when worship is a lifestyle, which means I will respond to the greatness of God who saved me by grace through his son, Jesus. And I want to give you an action step for each one of these. So that we know how to practically do this. So here's the action step 
that lives this, here's what God is calling us to do. I will spend at least one period of the week listening to God through his word. That's like my private worship time. And one period learning about his son Jesus in community with others. And the focus here is on my relationship with God. So when I'm spending a period of the week, and by the way, you get to define what that looks like for you. It's probably going to be different for everybody in here, and that's okay. When I spend my personal time with God during the week, and then when I join with others in big groups and in small groups, and I'm learning about his son, all of this is worship. It's helping me to respond to the greatness of God, and it goes beyond Sunday. I try to say this often here, and I hope you understand this, that if the only time we respond to the greatness of God is here on Sunday for 60 minutes, where we're listening and looking at his word and praying together and lifting up thoughts to him, if this is the only time we're responding to the greatness of God, we will starve spiritually. It's just not enough. It'd be like eating one meal on Sunday and trying to survive the rest of the week. It's just not going to happen. Or we won't be very healthy. And it's the same in our spiritual lives. So worship becoming a lifestyle. I will spend a period of the week digging into God's word and thinking about him and responding to his greatness. And then guess what? I'm also going to do that in community with other people, in big groups and in small groups, whatever that looks like. I will respond to the greatness of God who saved me by grace through his son Jesus. I believe when we do this, wow, we're winning. We're succeeding. What else? Well, here's number two. It's when connect is a priority, which means this. I will selflessly build relationships because everyone matters. I might have to get outside of myself a little bit, but I understand God loves all people. People are his prized creation. And so because people matter to God, they should matter to me. And so I'm going to connect. I will selflessly build relationships because everyone matters. So here's the action step. Here's how we can live this out. And here's what I believe God is calling us as a church to do. It sounds like this. I will choose to regularly engage. Here's a small list. Could be hospitality. Using your home to reach out. It could be sharing a meal. Everybody loves to eat, right? Yeah, it's true. It's what you're thinking about right now. What am I having for lunch? Everybody loves to eat. What about conversations that potentially turn the corner and give us a shot at saying, you know what, here's what Christ has done for me. What about praying with people? I've never had anybody turn me down for saying, can I pray with you over that? People inside the church, people outside, nobody's ever turned that down. So I will choose to regularly engage, there's a small list, with people, get this now, I love it, inside and outside the church in order to grow my relationships with others. By the way, this small list here is just what Jesus did when he was here. That's what he did, he was hospitable. You find Jesus over and over and over again eating with people. Even eating with people who are very far from God. He spent time eating with them. There's something about sharing a meal that just breaks down barriers. 
So take people out and eat all day long. That's a wonderful thing. And engage in conversations and let's pray, but let's do that with people inside and outside the church. And we do this because people matter. Relationships matter. So let's connect. I think when we do that, we're winning. We're winning. One more way. It's when go is a passion. When we become passionate about taking this one life that we've been given and having significance with it, which means this, I will live a legacy through my time, my talents, and my resources by living as one sent. Again, this goes back to the idea that we don't just gather as a church, we go out, and where we live, work, and play, we have to be on mission there. Everywhere I go, I don't stop being a follower of Jesus if I've trusted in him. And so I have the opportunity, think about this, to leave a legacy Doesn't that sound like fun? Sounds good? Some of you are thinking about that. You're kind of in that season of life where you consider, what am I leaving behind? Well, I can leave a legacy through my time, my talents, and my resources by living as one cent. So here's the action step that lives this out. Here's how we accomplish it at Valley Point. I will selflessly serve, here it is again, inside and outside the church in order to live the gospel which is the good news about Jesus, and surprise and delight others through a passionate, outward-focused faith community. And the focus here is my life significantly impacting others. So, I believe if we did these three things, wow, what an impact we would have as a faith community right here in Garnet Valley and Glen Mills and everywhere that God takes us in all of the communities represented, we're going to have amazing impact if we just did these things. Are there other things that we could do? Absolutely. But I want to focus our attention in on worship being a lifestyle and connecting being a priority and our go attitude and focus being something that we are passionate about. This is the when of Valley Point. And when we live these things out, I just believe we're winning. And we're putting a smile on the face of God and having great impact. This is the when of Valley Point Church. And again, if we take these three steps, we're winning. And I also believe we're living out what we find in Mark chapter 8, which says, Jesus to a group. Is what I'm looking for. I've got to raise the bar a little bit on those following me. I want you to deny self. I want you to take up your cross. And I want you to follow me. Just one takeaway today, and that is live the map. It's time to do that, church. Live the map. You've been drawing it for three weeks. You've been given magnets. Put that up everywhere that you can so you see it and it reminds you of what we're doing as a church and how we do that and why and when we know we're winning. Just get that into your mind and let's live the map. It's just time. It's time to do that. I believe if we were to do this, here's what happens. Lost people get found. Found people grow up into their full spiritual potential. Bored people find a purpose. Lonely people find community. The poor get served in a dignified way, and the community gets real help. Imagine such a place. 
Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.